Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. There's no business like show business. In a way, we go. Hello again. And welcome to the art. My voice does change when I do that. Yes, intro. it does. You switch into Alan Arkin. <laughs> Hello again, and welcome to the art and business of community theater presented by the Monroe Community Players, featuring the Green Room Groupies. Each episode, we discuss issues relevant to the operation of a successful theater and how to produce the highest quality shows for your audience. And we sometimes slip into other topics as well. Just keep listening and you'll understand. I'm David Ward, the de facto leader of our little band, and looking around the green room today, I see Brian Burchett Ross, Robert Yeoman, Kathleen McBee, and Ron Roberts is here, but he refuses to speak today, so we, we don't know why. <laughs> Talk to us. Talk to us, Ron. Tommy, can you hear us? We need a baseball analogy. <laughs> Uh, today we are going to follow up on a couple things and uh, uh, get into our before we get into our discussion. As usual, of course, we're happy to have you with us. Um, last episode, I believe, we were talking about uh, as part of Brian's trip to uh, Broadway, uh, the play that goes wrong, the play that almost killed Brian because of dying of laughter. Um, and, and we talked about, if you'll recall, the, the technicalities of it and doing it. Well, we have discovered since then that we have community theaters in our own area who are now actually doing the play that goes wrong. Apparently it is available uh, for any group that dares to give it a try. But the first up will be the Old Town Playhouse in Traverse City. We'll be doing it in April of this year. And then the Croswell, which is just down the road from our theater, the Monroe Community Players, uh, will be doing the play that goes wrong in May. So um, we have it on our calendar to get over to Croswell to see how they do it because, like I said, that, that's just a – I think it's going to be an amazing feat to see, don't you, Brian? Yes. Mm-hmm. He's, he's nodding his head. He's forgotten <laughs> this is a, this is an audio podcast. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to travel on the other side of 23 just to – just to go see that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're a brave man. I am. Yeah. I am. U.S. twenty to so the hinterlands, as the folks in Monroe call it. <laughs> um, but but that that's kind of uh, exciting uh, to see that it, you know the groups have those kind of resources because if you haven't seen the play, see it if you have the opportunity. It it, it just is a fun play to do, to see. Um, and I'm sure that the both these productions would be great. So I just thought that would be of interest to everybody to know that it is out there. Apparently it's available for uh, for you to, to peruse, to try to put on. Um, it, it would be a daunting task. I am curious to see if they um, – how much of it aligns – with the broad, the off Broadway version, if they have to cut some of the the physical stuff and and that, I'm I'm very interested to see how much. You know, what the and I remember seeing on on social media the for the Old Town Playhouse, um, uh, for their their group, the they were talking about. I can't remember how they phrased it exactly, but it's like. We're looking for actors with good insurance. <laughs> Something to that effect. <laughs> you know, daring actors. Um, yeah. I want to give another uh, shout-out uh, to Old Town Playhouse, too, by the way. They, they just finished the Laramie Project, and I noticed mm. my good friend Betsy Willis uh, was in there, and she got some rave reviews. So I just... Just a random name dropping there for you folks up there in uh, northwest lower Michigan. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, Traverse City's Northwest Lower Peninsula. Yes. So yes. Northwest Lower Michigan. Yes. Yeah. Got to say Lower or Upper because you need to know which, which peninsula you're on. Got it. 
Um, another great news before we get into our discussion today is we got mail. We got mail? We got mail. Thank you, post office. Well, this was email. Sorry, post office. <laughs> um, and and this is a follow-up to our discussion on emergency preparedness. Um, we got an email from Sally Safaro, who is also a playwright, by the way. Um, she wrote a play called The Antiheroes, which is about the, I guess the best way to put it is the goth scene in the city of Detroit that her son was part of before he tragically passed away of illness. And... Um, uh, it's 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 an interesting play. We are hoping to do it ourselves in the fall, um, the world premiere, because Sally is originally from Monroe, um, though she is, I think, spends a lot of time up in the Traverse City area, frankly, or, or the northern part of our, our state, uh, the lower peninsula. For those who don't understand how Michigan works, yeah, uh, I'll keep, that, keep saying that. Um, but anyway, wonderful person. Um, but she wanted to share some thoughts with us because she is a former director of emergency and critical care services um, at multiple hospital campuses, both urban and rural. 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 Out, country. out in the hinterlands. Um, and has quite a bit of experience writing disaster plans and such. Um, she agrees, you know, it is sad that, that we have to have this kind of thing for a community theater today, uh, but it's something we should take in place. So she has some of this following ideas uh, that, to share with everybody. Um, and number one was simply to align the plan with any other plan of the same type that might already be in place at the facility you're at. So a lot of groups have their own facilities, but other groups like us, you know, we're at a mall or maybe they're at a venue, maybe they're at a college, maybe they're at a high school. Or, you know, again, if they, they have their own facility, but, but perhaps there's already a plan in place with the facility that you're doing your performance. Um, and so you should check that out as well. And that's something, frankly, we have not done is check with the mall what their emergency, where we're at, uh, what their plan is. Um, so they might benefit, you know, there may be resources right there on the facility in, in that facility that can assist you in case of emergency she also suggests assigning an incident commander by role rather than by the name of the current person in that role in advance of the written plan so for example if the if it's determined that the director is going to be the incident commander make sure that the director understands that this in an emergency you're the person to go to or maybe it's a stage manager depending how that you're you're set up um, at your group uh, She's recommending that, you know, whoever that person is, when there's something that goes wrong, immediately order the lights up throughout the theater, cast exits the stage, intervention is not their job. So she, she agreed with us that, you know, intervention by the cast is not the job. Um, other trained people should immediately proceed to locations to attempt any verbal de-escalation, which will avoid the delayed response what everyone's job is you know when it's everybody's job it's nobody's job Amen. or lack of response by uh people who prefer not to get involved when something's going wrong to some you know someone disrupts a performance the immediate presence of a theater authority might also dissuade others in the audience from chiming in as uh, we had mentioned before what seemed to be happening in the uh, production of the I can't even remember the name. Death of a Salesman. <laughs> Death of a salesman um, that was on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And security, if available on site, should be immediately proceed to the location. You know, so somebody needs to notify security. Stand near, but be behind the person attempting the de-escalation. The ultimate goal is to peacefully escort the disruptor out of the area. You know, you, obviously you want it to go as smoothly and quiet. And then, of course, consider 911 if all else fails. Um, so she says, you know... So ultimately, we have to remember we can be considered a high-risk event, 
um, because of the number of people that may be in your auditorium or theater. Um, so that's something, and human behavior, unfortunately, is unpredictable. And even bizarre, <laughs> which we have seen on stage. <laughs> so why wouldn't we expect it off stage as well? Yes. So thank you so much um, for that, Sally. Um, we passed it on for other people as well. Um, and we, of course, look forward to seeing you again in one of our shows. So thank you. Thank you very much for that, Sally. Yeah, excellent job of breaking that down into some bite-sized chunks. That was really good. Yeah, and, and that, that points out another thing is here we had a resource within our group that we probably not had really considered before. Check with your own group. You may have people who, frankly, do this for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's one of the beauties of community theater. We're drawing from a large swath of our community. You don't know who's walking in. We see them as actors, as stage managers, you know, in those roles. But it's worth getting to know each other as individuals and, and what their roles are. Um, and frankly, it's beyond just... Uh, things like emergency management you may have somebody who's right there who says oh i'm a good connection to get you money mm-hmm. you know i'm you know my company has grants things like that um which i think a lot of groups are all excuse me are already very aware of so i'm sorry i seem to be having a little digestive distress so i apologize to everyone yes you can edit that out no, it's, <laughs> I was just going to ask if we have a, a strategy for when that happens. <laughs> yeah, what happens? Yeah, what, what, what do we do? Stand downwind. What, Heim- what do you do? Heimlich? Is it the Heimlich? Yeah, it was, it's, <laughs> apparently the coffee gives me the burps. I don't know. Um, but we, can, we can go into why David burps so much, but I think that's... that's another time, that's another, just another time, another place. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the world of IBD. But um, yes, another another uh, a whole other thing. Um, so a tangent, perhaps. <laughs> Everybody's going through their theater acronyms right now. I say too soon to go into theater uh, into a tangent verse, don't you think? I don't know. Bob's ready. Bob's ready to go into the tangent verse. So hang on, folks. Here we go. Okay, we didn't. I know. <laughs> we already did. Okay. So let's move on to today's topic. <laughs> oh, okay. I know up and down, but we were just so excited that you know. To, yeah, we got to a letter. get some information. We got a letter. <laughs> Somebody's um, listening. So uh, today's discussion it was one that Brian has suggested, um, and it's been a long time since Brian suggested one. So we said, well, we better go. <laughs> we, we better go for it. Yeah. Um, um, it, it, he thought that maybe it's something because we've talked about what the hell's wrong with directors. But we never actually talked about, especially for those of you who may be newbies uh, to the to directing um, in community theater, or maybe you've never directed and you're thinking of directing, what does a director experience? What's um, the good, the bad, the ugly? The good, the bad, the, the ugly. Um, I think with the exception of Kathleen, you've never directed, correct? Yeah, I have never directed, no. Yeah, um, we are all directors at this this table. Which, by the way, I think, sir, is a very good moment to address our newest director, who was a brilliant director in our uh, last Mineral Community Players production of A Bench in the Sun. So let's give Mr. Ronald Roberts a round of applause. Stop. Stop with that. Yeah. Just stop. Go on. <laughs> I knew the punchline, so I provided one. And, and I always count on Bob for that. Absolutely agree. He was a director. 
I that's the guess kind I'm of walking home. <laughs> um, no, that and it was the first time out. Um, you've you've assisted before, of course. You've been in many productions. Um, any surprises, Ron, about directing that you didn't anticipate? I mean, you had a brilliant cast. I too. did. Um, you know, I, all, I, all of which seem to be sitting in this room. I, I guess I always so underestimated the. Uh, egos of people (laughs) (laughs) but in all seriousness if i if i could never um, (laughs) i do believe i was spoiled um in this particular show because i did have three phenomenally uh well-versed actors who could pretty much do it on their own i know i used a lot of sports analogies talking to everybody about this one and i thought of a good one on the way here that it was really more like Chuck Daly with the 1992 Dream Team, where he just rolled the ball out and let them do what they wanted. And that's really what we did. Um, the three of you just really kind of took the script and, and made the characters your own, and the audience loved it. And it made my job very easy. But I will say that a feeling that I had not experienced before in theater was when I sat back, I did sound, which if you came to see the show, that was probably the weakest part. (laughs) But anyways, um, as I sat back and I watched the three of you on stage, it was just like this feeling of like, those are my kids. You know, I'm like, look at them up there, look what they're doing. This is so awesome. And then just to hear the reaction of the audience, Mm -hmm. that's something that you, you, you really can't put a price tag on unless you get to experience that because we've all been on stage before and we felt them laughing or, you know, reacting to us. But to see them react to what other people are doing and knowing that you saw this start from where nobody knew who their lines were, and it's amazing. So it was, it was a very, very rewarding experience. Yeah. And, and for those of us in the theater, or for those of you in the theater audience, I believe Chuck Daly was the coach of the Detroit Pistons. Thank you. Uh, which is a bas- professional basketball oh. team. Oh, Ron. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, I really I know. Didn't know. I, I, I just, oh, yeah. before you go to Google, we're all set there. If he had said Sparky Anderson, I would have been right with him. I, but yeah, that, that one threw me. I didn't coach know. Coach of better. the Cincinnati Reds? What? <laughs> or, or manager. Manager. They aren't coaches, right? Um, so. So thank you, Ron. But that's a good point. It's something that's I think maybe people don't understand is that um, as a director, you get attached to the essentially, lack of a better word, the project, mm-hmm. and you start to feel that ownership. Um, I'll tell you, I've had a couple shows where I've, I've softly been crying in the back because tears of joy. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, I've also had shows where I've been crying for entirely different reasons. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. to get... And feel that feel that sense of uh, ownership and parent. And that was exactly exactly for me. That was Twilight last year at this oh, time. That was I Twilight. Can imagine, I can imagine. Every night, you guys uh, just kicked out of the park, and I was so proud of every one of you. And I think that one of the the moments that I did not expect, and I did get a little little choked, was the standing ovation. Yeah, because that's something that you never expect from a community theater. I mean, I know obviously we think that we're good. But for when the audience, and all three nights, people, not just one night, all three, yeah. everybody stood up. And that was like, yes, yeah. they get it. You know, they, they, this is what, why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, not for the adulation. Well, maybe it is. But it's also to show that we did something that resonated with people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good yeah. Point. Well, and, and I will say that I've been to many uh, community theater shows that have been seen around. It's like, <laughs> without insulting our entire audience our audience tends to be a little pickier <laughs> i have seen them sit they have through, high expectations i have great. seen them sit through 
things, you know, that really it's like, why aren't you people on your feet? Um, mm-hmm. And and I've gone to other shows where it's like it seemed they were on their the audience was almost trained to get up on their feet at the end of every musical, um, musicals especially. You throw a kick line in that usually gets the audience on their feet. Yeah. Um, but 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 yeah, that was very rewarding that uh, as an actor in that production to see the see that. Yeah. Um, so I, it, I normally have it made up in my mind at intermission whether or not I'm standing. Hmm. I don't need to get to the end of the show. Really? You have to convince me by intermission that yeah, I'm wow. really. And that's then, a good standard because then I'm I'm up as soon as it's closing. I'll be one of the first people up. Well, and I'll say there's professional shows, too, where I've seen where people are just wanting to stand up. It's like I'm saying, I'm not standing up for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. you know, you got you to do it. So any other surprises around, though, from directing? Um, I think, again, just I was impressed with the process. Because, again, as the actor, you always know what you do to get things to do and, you know, to get your lines and get into character. But to watch the three of you each have different processes and a question in my head well hmm, how's this gonna work you know well, i mean and legitimately because i mean i've worked with all three of you but never in this in this type of a, a way but then to see it all come together which i knew it would but it was just interesting to me to see some of the self-doubt i'm like please come on <laughs> how many times have you guys done this right and then to, to see you go up there and there were a couple of times too where it's like you want to just run up there and just hug somebody and say just say this but you can't because you know you have to detach yourself. But I think overall the process you learn to realize, and I don't know how I can say this without making everybody angry, how unimportant the director really is. Because there is a certain point where you just have to be like, Look, I mean, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. And you just have to trust your cast that they know what the vision is going to be. Um and I say this as an actor as well, you realize how important the actors really are. Mm-hmm. You need someone there to set a vision and to make sure that that vision is followed or, or as much as possible. But if you see there, there's ideas or other things that are happening that can enhance your vision, you have to be comfortable enough with yourself to allow those things to possibly happen and rein them in if they need to be. Mm-hmm. But also understand that if someone has an idea... Don't take that as an affront to what you think. Mm-hmm. Be comfortable enough to think that they want to enhance what you're what you're thinking. Right. It's sure. a collaborative process. Yes, absolutely. And and I personally feel the directors who are most successful are the ones who take it as a collaborative process and understand that someone else may have a better idea than they do. Um, now, one thing I would caution um, in this case, Ron did have an experienced cast. Um, not to pat ourselves on the backs, but both you know Brian, Kathleen, myself, we've been in a lot of shows. Um, in fact, add these up together, probably what five or six. <laughs> I'm About. I'm kidding. Um, but a lot of shows, you know, and several decades of experience um, on the stage. I think one of the things that a lot of directors, community theater, don't always understand, especially first time out, is how much training they may have to do. If you have an inexperienced cast. It's you as the director are going to have to guide them through the process of how to learn their lines. You know, what's important about their lines and what's not. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, let alone the mechanics of blocking. You may even have to teach them the language of theater. In fact, when I do big musicals, for example, which have a, usually have a lot of new people in them because you have you know these good size ensembles, one of the first rehearsals I do is like, okay, let's make sure we're all talking the same language. This is upstage. This is downstage. This is stage left. This is stage right. You know, never assume, and I think that's something the director has to keep in mind, uh, frankly, because I, I would think your goal is to get new people on your stage. And let me also say that, yeah, if, if the cast wasn't what I had, it would have been a completely different yeah. process. Um, and like everybody's asked, well, you're going to direct again, you're going to direct again. I don't know, because again, it's like it's that one time, everything, now that I've experienced it and I've seen how good it can be, <laughs> I know that it was lightning in a bottle. It was a moment in time that maybe will ha- maybe it'll happen again, but you're going to have new people, which is great. But that requires a whole other skill set as a director. You have to have that patience, and and, and yeah, you know, and, if I and, have that, so. Maybe, so maybe it's a bench in the shade. It might happen <laughs> <Yeah>. again. <laughs> but I but I, I I do think you have to be a teacher as much as anything, mm-hmm. even with even when you lose your cool. As I won't mention the show, I won't mention the actor, but there was a time when I'm working with an actor who, in my opinion, just wasn't getting the joke. So he was hitting it, and he knows who he is if he listens. <laughs> um, he's not in this room, don't worry. <laughs> um, but but it, it's the kind of thing where, where you, you know, and eventually I just, I couldn't explain it any further. He was not hitting the beat right. And I was saying, look you got to say it this way, and that's what the audience will find funny, because his response was, no, maybe the joke isn't funny. It's like, <laughs> yeah, there, right there, we were not, have, we were not on the same page. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a certain amount of respect that you have to have for your director. I mean, because in the end... <laughs> Ron just gave Kathleen this, oh, really, look. Well, there's, they're leading the vision. You right. know, you, you don't have the same viewpoint that they have. So, you know, you might come up with an idea and they might say no. And that's okay. I mean, the collaboration is good. What I don't like when when a director looks for, they come in with no vision, no general idea, and they want to group collaborate everything. Those rehearsals are so uh-huh. painful right. to me. Oh. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. The director, you, you, the main job of the director is to set that shared vision. Yeah. And if you say you're going to do it, do it. Giving up in the middle of it is not an option. Yes. Yes. Right. So have a vision. Even if you copy or pay homage (laughs) to source materials, (laughs) it's still, you have to tell them this bit is in, this bit is out. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, and, and I think maybe we can all agree, too, because when you say, you know, don't give up in the middle, I think what people have to understand as well, if you're going to commit to direct, you're going to be at every freaking rehearsal. Mm-hmm. You know, and in some cases, if you're doing a musical, for example, you may have to be at more than one rehearsal a night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you're going to, even if you're not leading the choreography, for example, you're going to want to check in and see how things are going. You know, uh, maybe the orchestra's off practicing by themselves. You still will, will want to check in and see how things are going. Mm-hmm. Um, because you are the, you know, essentially, for lack of a better word, you're the supervisor of the entire production. Exactly. Um, and, and I think people sometimes underestimate the time commitment. You know, if you think, you think it's a lot of hard work as an actor, 
you know, who may only have to not show up at every rehearsal. <laughs> Consider that as a director. You're talking three to four nights a week, depending on the show, mm-hmm. um, for six to ten weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also uh, think um, when you're a director, if you have, if you have the chance to do to direct a show that means something to you that is and and i did last year as we all know ron just kind of said i just kind of threw the script at ron and said hey guess what you're doing boom i didn't say guess what you're doing but i said <laughs> yeah it, 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 it yeah it did it, it there was the this, intonation was there yeah it was like uh you kind of want to do this for us and uh you know and ron was very gracious and it, it wasn't a show that he ran to players and said oh my god this is the greatest show in the world although i will have to say bottom line the big uh, another huge thank you for this show is our own mr yeoman who who brought this to my attention and i fell in love i was the one who fell in love with it and said oh my god bob this is a great script so uh and you were acknowledged in the program sir as uh, as our biggest thank you oh yeah don't look like what yeah he was um yep yep tangent verse <laughs> <laughs> But but, but uh, back to thank the original. You. You're welcome. No, thank you. But, but back to the original. If you can find uh, something as a director that you truly want to put on that stage, that is uh, that gives you a, a big boost right at the very beginning because you have a, an even more passion uh, of wanting to to make that as good as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd also say as as a director, if you are committed to your group. Yes. Even if it is a show that maybe you don't have the most passion for, but from a group standpoint that it needs to be a successful show, then you put your, your heart and soul into it. So yes. I think that it comes down to one of two ways. You can be It can be a passion project, or it can be something where the, the group has come to you and say, hey, we, we need a director. And that's when you need to put the, the needs of the group mm-hmm. uh, before everything else. Even if it's the odd couple? The odd couple. <laughs> Did you see producers? Anyway. <laughs> Perfect. So what, Slammed into the dirt. Yes. So what Ron just said, and I'm going to cross-promote a different podcast here that will be coming up soon called... There's a podcast Pop the Odd Couple? No, but called, Pop, <laughs> called Pop Culture. What Ron just said was, the needs of the few... Outweigh the need. No, the needs of the many outweigh, outweigh the, the needs, needs of, of the few, few or the one. one. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, dear. Well, and I want to say another thing that you did fantastically, Ron, is you picked <laughs> up like promotions. You were part of tickets. You were part of, you let us as actors do what we do best work on our costumes, work on our character, work on that stuff. Uh, you you went beyond just being a director, and, and that's well, in, in community theater, you need that. And, and just to clarify, that part of that is because we are, Mineral Community Players is obviously a relatively small group compared to some organizations. Um, uh, so check with your community theater. There's a good chance, especially if you're, now, be, I don't know how difficult it is to be a director for one of the larger groups. Um, but, you know, there's a good chance if your group has paid staff, you don't have to worry about some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's also a good chance, frankly, that if uh, the group is just has a few more people, you don't have to worry about that stuff. In an ideal world, as you know, um, the director should only have to worry about the show and the mechanics of the show. Right. Um, may have to fight with the producer about those other resources, saying, you know, I really need this 80 
thousand dollar set. <laughs> I think it's all in the binder, though, right? It's all in the binder. Yeah, and he's referring to a, a manual that we don't have. Uh, <laughs> well, I, your dedication shown through to this show right. beyond just the directing. That's that yeah. was part of my point. yeah. Right. But I'm just just pointing out, you know, for those who are interested in directing for their their local groups, that that may not be part of what you have to worry about. Yeah. On the other hand, if your group is about the size of mineral community players, that may be absolutely something you need to yeah. consider. You're going to be dealing um, with a lot. You're you're not just going to be dealing with rehearsal time. You're going to be dealing with other time as well and other meetings. You're going to have to be meeting with your, especially for example, a big musical. You're going to have to meet with your set designers. You're going to have to meet with your costumers. You know, to make sure that everything just fits in together. Dance choreographer. And- Choreographers. Um, you know, there's a lot of people because again, you're you're supervising the entire production from that sense. And probably having those production meetings outside of rehearsal. Absolutely. I really appreciate that when I see that that legwork is done without taking up actors' times, yeah. you know, the cast time. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, to prepare to be a director, um, I think that's the other side of it, too, is what do you need to do? Because I think every actor out there says, well, I can do that. Hmm. Uh-huh. And and I they can, can say it. They can say it. <laughs> that's yeah. about right. And once again, tangent verse. <laughs> um, but I I think that's something. You know, how do you prepare to be an actor? I think the first thing you need to do is one be be more cognizant of what goes on with the show than just the acting. Um, Put your ego in check at the door. I think you got to mm-hmm. see a lot of shows to understand what's happening. See shows at other groups. See professional theater. See see everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, talk to the folks at your group and figure out how to become an actor. The process to become an actor is, or an actor, a director process, to become a director varies from group to group. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently in Monroe, we, we're waiting for people. I shouldn't say waiting, but we encourage people to come to us and say, here's a show I want to direct. And then we take a look at the show and we look at the director and see if we think they can pull it off. Most groups, frankly, they, they have the season set and then they go out and find the directors for those shows, um, which, uh, Oregon Community Theater, which is just to the, not Oregon, Oregon, but Oregon, Ohio. A wonderful group that we've rented costumes from and things like that in the past. They're just uh, to the south side of Toledo. You know, they have an application process, uh, for example, that they're going through right now. Uh, I just saw Bay City Players, our friends who, some of us have been to their theater and stuff, great group. Uh, they they seem to have a luncheon where they invite people who are interested in directing in to come in and they have a nice little lunch and they talk about the shows um, and so they get all their directors to work together it sounds like to me I, I really kind of want to explore that idea mm-hmm. and then other groups you know it's like you have to put let's say so that I think there's other ways to to find directors but some you know some of the bigger groups I think have an artistic director who's in charge of all the productions yeah. For the overall season. You know, and then you're hired actually by one person. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to your board of directors choosing it. In our case, the board of directors choose the directors. I think uh, another thing as a director is draw on your own experience as an actor. Um, <clears throat> I've been fortunate to work with a lot of great directors. And one thing that I've always been impressed by is those people surrounded themselves with people that were talented, that knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like in life. You want to surround yourself with people who are smarter or more talented mm-hmm. than yourself and lean on them. Um, understand that it takes a village to produce a show. It is not, one person cannot do it. You can try, and, and maybe, you know, if you're lucky, it'll work, but you need to have that support staff, and mm-hmm. you need to know, um, to be able to lean on those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
as a as a director, and I know we're always talking about bringing new people and bringing new people in. Is there for you guys that have been directing a nervousness about bringing somebody in that you've not worked with yes. before? Absolutely. Yes, you know, and if and, they're family, it it it, oh, yeah. it just it's, yeah it yeah. doubles at least. Mm. Yeah, if it's close friends, it's even more so. Which well, probably to his point of family. Well, yes. And which also brings me to, and it's funny that, that when I brought this up to you, and uh, Bob segued into this for me really nicely, I think as a community theater director, it's hard, uh, in all honesty, it's hard for me to cast a show when I've got so many people that I consider friends that I would love to have in every bloody show if I, if I could. And there's a real, you have to really disengage your mind and your heart and sit there and say, is this person perfect for the role? And it can go both ways. In my opinion, you can either that you have the danger of saying, listen, I know what Bob, Ron, Dave, and Kathleen can do. I'm throwing them in there and, and the heck with everybody else. I don't care. I know these guys. There's also the opposite of that where you can sit there and go, well, I don't think this new guy, it does have what it takes, but I don't want to keep picking Dave, Bob, Ron, Kathleen. So I'm just going to take him instead so I don't look like I'm casting my friends. And that can backfire on you too. So I think that is a very, um, it's a very, something to be concerned about. It's, it's 90% kind of, of a director's job is done in casting. It is. Oh my gosh, as far as, point. as far as, you know, the points being what's best for the show, mm-hmm. what's best for the director. What's best for the group? Those three things should be in your head when you're doing casting. All right, this guy brings in 50 people every performance and grandparents come with them. They're great for the group. We would like to have him in. We have a person who is a phenomenal lead and a really mediocre cast member. Can you, you want to build up an experience with everybody putting a good actor in with a lesser group to bring them all up, or will it pull them all down? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Those that's are all, all good you, questions. Yeah. We, as long as you stick with the three basics of what's the best, you should steer away from major problems. Mm-hmm. And it's also, if you're having problems, consult. The uni mind of other directors in the group. Yeah. Hey, I've got so-and-so who doesn't get how to deliver this line. How would I do it? What would you do? Mm-hmm. There, you're never in a vacuum. Believe me, there are so many people willing to tell you exactly what you're supposed to do. <laughs> Just ask oh, them. Just. I think five of them are in the room right now. <laughs> oh. Well, he did say five, so I respect that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> One other thing I would say um, from a director's standpoint is understand what the expectations of the group are. Um, respect what their methods are. If they have specific protocols and things that are fo- should, should be followed, you're going to want to make sure you do that. Um, you don't want to come in and just be like, okay, this is my show and I'm going to do it the way I want to. Right. You yes. can do parts of that, but again, you need to respect what the board of directors has set up, what the other members, what, what your volunteers are able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, great new ideas are phenomenal, but you want to also be respectful because you're going to want that that same treatment back from the group that you're directing for. Very well said. Yeah. yeah. What was your questioning? And because I kind of went off of what I went into what he said, but you asked a question a second ago. Oh, I basically just brought the point up about casting a new person versus a. Oh, about yeah, it, 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 and it is it, yeah. To me, that's very difficult too to to say. Okay, am I going to take a you know a risk about that or not? I did. I've done that with the next show, Love Letter. Sharon, uh, one of our cast members, um, she walked in. That <laughs> runs chuckling. Oh, okay. She uh, she she walked in and um, a friend of Kathleen's actually. And uh, I looked at her and went, uh, and uh, and which was prejudging, which uh, not good either. Uh, but you know, it's like okay, Reed, let's hear let's hear what you got. Uh, totally, totally blew blew me away. And uh, so I made you know, yeah, I took a uh, I took a chance on her, and I think it's going to be an amazing chance. Uh, I think people are really going to love what she brings to uh, the part of Melissa and love letters. But. Um, so I when I think your direction on that um, using four different couples yeah. is just going to add a little different perspective to each performance because right. they all bring something different even though it's the same script it's so interesting how each of them deliver it a little differently mm-hmm. you steer more to make sure you know things get punched mm-hmm. or emphasized but their own personalities come through and it's right. it's been a wonderful experience working with you on that well thank you yes kathleen is my assistant director on that um but it, it is very harder it very harder it's much harder i think to uh when you cast someone unknown especially if you're going to cast them in a really major part and uh, again i'll go back to twilight of the golds with that casting my own daughter as um the the female <laughs> as one of the female leads in that. I mean, other than some junior high stuff, she had never been on stage, you know, in, a, in any other form. Uh, I believe she could pull it off, but I was a little nervous uh, because it's like, okay, first of all, I don't want people looking at me with some kind of nepotism, you know, going on there. But they will. But that's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, but, um, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's there. Um, for, the, for the record, I couldn't get anybody else to audition. Um, but, uh, but you know, and then you get the, the worry of, especially if you are going to cast family, of, okay, will they, especially if it's a child, um, will they listen to me? Because they don't listen to you in real life. Are they gonna? What makes you think they're going to listen to you on stage? Um, but uh, you know, it it um, it's a, it's a very it can it can be very nerve wracking. It really can. On the other side of that, um, oh Ron, I'm sorry, I no, didn't no, see no, your no, hand. No, make, no, 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 no. I was going to make fun of Brian. So go ahead. You oh, all right, we'll do it together later, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, no, when we we're talking love- about you don't know the new person and what they can do. Mm -hmm. It worked in my favor because once upon a time I tried out at Croswell for Oliver and I was after anything really. And then some incidents happened and they lost their Fagan Mm. and the director, Betsy Lackey. I hope I pronounced that right. Betsy, um, asked me to do the role. Wow. And it was one of those. 
you're kidding <laughs> <laughs> right place but, right time but um i hope it was a good performance i thought it was betsy said it was so i i didn't see it but i know i've heard i heard people talk about it and you did well they've had you back several times right yeah yeah Yeah. i'm sure it was so i was yeah but but yeah you're right uh i think back in 1984 going off that vein uh 1984 a a young high school kid walked in on a uh show never been seen by anybody mineral community players and (laughs) the director was stupid enough to give him the lead and uh i'm still here Oh, bullshit. <laughs> yes. Oh, Bob, Bob and I's very first time out uh, together in uh, our show. We, co- we co-started in that. But um, so... So many re- ethnic stereotypes, which we had desperately apologized for. <laughs> it was a different time, Bob. Yeah. It was a different time. It was a different time. It was a different England. Yes. Um, yes, it was a definitely different England. But, uh, yeah, I think the... Um, that is one of the pitfalls. There's there are several pitfalls in working community theater, especially if you're in a smaller group and you don't get a, a huge talent pool, and you're and you've got a lot of friends. I think that's a, a you know in the small group they have, and then you're like, okay, who do I cast? Who I don't cast? Um, Worst case scenario, let's throw this out. What if you have to fire somebody? Mm. Oh, Ooh. oh, Ouch. they are a detriment to the show. Ooh. You they know. are a detriment to the act, other actors. Do you fire them or do you tough it out? At what point are we deciding this? Yeah, when's the point? When's the point of halfway. no return? Oh. Halfway. Oh, that I'd halfway. Say like two days before, because then I'd be like, it's too late. But yeah. halfway, I, I don't know. Oh no! I knew the it was bad. I I was supporting a show when something like that happened. The actor was just not getting his lines, not coming to rehearsal, not and the director. Me, thank goodness. No, (laughs) the director had to step in and do the role. Really? It probably in the last two, three weeks tops. Mm -hmm. I had. I was in a show with Bedford. And the director had to bow out for reasons. Hmm. And the president of the group took over the role. And she was phenomenal. Sue Smith, I know you're down in Florida, but my God, you were amazing at that time. (laughs) Doing that show the way you did. Does she listen to us? I don't know. Okay, well, you better let her know. You you just do a shout out yeah, we can hashtag her. Okay, we'll hashtag her. It's a very simple name. I'm sure no one has it. Sue Smith. No, that sounds very obscure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very obscure name. Very it's obscure. an ethnic thing, I think. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's called white. Um, well, I just edited that one up. <laughs> I don't know. I might not. Oh, de facto just stepped out of the room for a moment, folks. Oh, well, so dad's back now, so Uh-oh. everybody act like you know what you're doing. Uh-huh. 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 Behave, Shoot. behave. All right, well, that um, yeah, I didn't just say that, so... It'll be a surprise. Oh, will it be a surprise? <laughs> How you doing, sir? They got an early advance of it. Wow. Yeah, they're, they they're coming. The to police. They're the uh, the um, police came to take me away on that comment. Uh, so we have decided, sir, that directing uh, should all be done by you with Minerkami players, and we're just going to act the rest. Perfect. Of the That's exactly where I wanted you to end up. That's, I knew it. I knew it. I <laughs> told you. Never underestimate the, the ego. <laughs> the what? 
Oh, the cap? Yes, the Blofeld Mr. cap. Mr. Blonde. Well, Mr. And, Blonde. and what I'm really thinking with this whole this conversation is, you know, since I've played Daddy Warbucks twice, maybe it's time I direct Annie. Oh. Oh. oh Brian just had some sort of aneurysm. <laughs> that's not an aneurysm. I know what an aneurysm is, and that, sir, is not that's an true. aneurysm. Yeah, you're right. No, that's just a... That's just painting. I am bald. Oh. oh. Opportunities opened up. But, you know, we want new people. So, I don't know. I'll Brian in a musical... Brian in a musical would be outstanding. No, because, it would not. <laughs> no, you would be outstanding out in the hallway. I would <laughs> Wow. Wow. He's got a little feisty in him today. I got drugs now, man. (laughs) Let's get rid of that before Thursday's podcast, Bob. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Is it time for the outro? Uh, it's been about, about 10 minutes ago. Yeah. 10 minutes ago. Okay, yeah. well then let's, um, let's wrap things up for this episode. And I apologize, it looks like we are out of time for this episode. <laughs> and I'd like to thank each and every one of you for out there for listening as always. We appreciate the support that you not only give us, but that you give Keeping to Theater Alive in your communities. Amen. We also appreciate feedback and conversation from you, so please be sure to visit our Facebook page for more fun. Just look for Monroe Community Players Podcast, Monroe, Michigan. And emails be sent, of course, to mcppodcast at monroecommunityplayers.com. Org. That is a new email address. And to keep up with the latest shows and activities of the Monroe Community Players, go to MonroeCommunityPlayers.org. We generally release episodes twice a month, so please take a moment to subscribe, like, and otherwise rate us and help spread the word that we are here. But don't panic if you don't see an episode every week, because that's not how we operate. And the art and business of community theaters presented by Monroe Community Players and recorded at the Monroe Public Access podcast studio high atop the Benish Building in historic Monroe, Michigan. And for the love of the theater, we are the Groupies, and we will see you in the green room.